0: look at the kind of buying tendencies in the US is it's getting more to specialization to specialization to specialization to specialization. And the old days of you go to one place to get everything isn't nearly as critical as it used to be.
1: Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding and advertising. Now here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen.
2: On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, I get to speak with Ryan Flanagan and he's the CEO of Nuanced Media and has more than 15 years of e-commerce, multi-channel digital marketing, and third-party marketing places such as Amazon, Walmart, and Target, and he has worked with hundreds of companies to establish best practices, focusing on the 20% that produces 80% of the revenue. It's that 80-20 rule. (laughs) Ryan is passionate and he's a thought leader in e-commerce in the industry, and he has been interviewed and quoted by BuzzFeed, Modern Retail, as well as many other news outlets, and he's a professional speaker, blogger, and has contributed to articles to 20-plus third-party publications. Nuanced Media is an e-commerce marketing agency that specializes in multi-channel retail marketing, and his team of e-commerce marketing Experts specializes in e-commerce, Amazon influencer affiliate, digital marketing, and the experience has produced hundreds of millions in online sales for their partners. And when you work with Nuance Media, what you get is an experienced team that knows what to do in the retail space, and they provide you the highest ROI possible. Easy for me to say, right? And now it's time for the marketing essentials moments. We'll get to Ryan's interview, but first, these are the basics that you need to help you build your brand and your bottom line. And today's topic, I wanted to cover how to deal with internet trolls, people who make mean comments or things that are not ideal in a business setting. And we all know we've probably seen it happen before. And so this is a good reminder of what maybe we can do to combat the internet trolls and not feed the trolls that are out there because it's easy for people to hide behind their computer screen and in their keyboard to be able to say things that they may not otherwise say in person. And if they are, then that's just mean too. But there are going to be haters and trolls and sometimes people will share their opinions that are not in alignment with yours. And you know, sometimes that's okay. You can agree to disagree, but don't continue to feed them and fuel the fire, right? There's not always an ideal world where everyone will interact peacefully (laughs) and respect each other online, right? The civility is just not there anymore or as much as it otherwise could be. And so what can we do to help not make it a ongoing thing that's going to consume your world for a while? You can first of all, ignore them, which is sometimes hard to do, especially if they're attacking you or saying something that's not honest or not truthful or factual, or they're disparaging you or they're harassing you. Uh, There's lots of different things that can happen where it's sometimes not always, you're not always just able to ignore them, but sometimes that is the best thing to do is just ignore them. Or if maybe it starts off where you just genuinely have a question and then they reply with all of their crap that you otherwise, you know, you're, you're just genuinely asking a question because you want to understand, right? Seek for understanding. And this just happened to me recently where I genuinely was asking a question because I didn't understand why they were so adamantly against an awards where you vote for best of. And I wanted to understand where they were coming from because I participated recently in a best of where you vote for your favorites and it's, you know, people driven and it's totally legitimate. It's better business bureau backed. Everything is legit and anyway so I was just asking a question because I had posted hey vote for us for our company for best of Idaho and I wanted to just put it out there for the world to vote for us and that's what businesses do right it's a a friendly competition to see who gets voted for each of those categories that are out there doesn't cost a dime to participate if you want to sponsor you can if you want to advertise you can but it doesn't change the votes. You're not paying for votes or you're not paying to play. It's completely free. You don't have to pay for anything if you don't want to. Anyway, this person decided to get on my feed. And you know, when I was trying to ask for people to vote, and he just said that it's a big scam. And I looked into it. It's not a scam. It's totally legitimate anyway. And so I was just simply responding to him and asking why he was so adamant about being against this so much. What happened? Why? Tell me more. Like, I'm just legitimately trying to understand, seeking clarity, seeking to understand. And then he decides to personally attack me and all these things, which was just not fun. And why is that? Why well, it was it didn't need to go there? And I even, when I did respond and said, hey, I'm just trying to have a civil discourse. It's okay to disagree. We can agree to disagree. I simply just wanted to understand why. And then of course he calls me silly and ignorant and all these fun th- fun little things that people, I don't understand why they need to go there or do that. Because they can, you know, easily not go there and make it civil. But, you know, kind candor. And, you know, I don't know, have respect for people. I, I just didn't get it, but whatever. So, you know, he proceeds to continue on and attack me and, you know, say not truthful things. And went on about, you know, me, took a picture from my profile and just bashed me and harassed me. And it was like... Okay, this is really interesting. And I commented and and that's where I needed to end it and be done with it. And that was what I did is I then reported it because it was blatantly false information about me personally, and my business and everything was just awful. And I blocked it and then he, because I have another account, I just went in to see what more he decided to say about me and I didn't respond anymore. I just wanted to make sure or see if it was going to get reported to Facebook to say that it was a harassment and false information, which it was. And then I saw that he proceeded to bash me even further to his group of like 6,000 people So I was just, you know, a little taken back by the whole thing. I don't understand why people have to act that way and what it is, but I thought I would share in my experience with you because I probably fueled the fire just a little bit too much because he just took it way out way too far. I was simply trying to say that I, you know, I'm sorry that he felt offended or insulted by me in any way, which I don't know that I did, but, you know, I guess I did somehow because he took it. Completely the wrong way, and I told him that was not my intention. And anyway, long story short, he <laughs> just was more than it needed to go. And the superior debate kind of occurred, but I just decided, okay, that's enough. I don't need to continue feeling this any further. He's obviously distraught or not going to look at other people's opinion or viewpoint or anything. And, you know, I happen to think that these awards things are great. It's good for publicity. It's good for employee morale. It's great when you get recognized and nominated for something like this because it shows that people are thinking of you, that they appreciate what you do, that you have a good, solid reputation in business, all of the things that come with winning awards and, and you know, why you would, you know, want to be a part of something like this. It's kind of fun. It's just, a, you know, another part of it. I don't have to spend any money if I don't want to. And any of these other businesses don't have to spend any money if they don't want to, they can make that choice. It's an advertising and public relations thing, right? Anyway, so ignoring it or hiding it, if it's on your own page, trying to delete it, if it's on your own page, but in this case, it was not, it was a part of a group that he managed or was an ad, uh, he was a moderator for, and you know, he just had to Just go beyond the necessary, just whatever civility was left was gone from him. Anyway, so you can ban them. You can report it. If it's truly misinformation and it's bullying you and it's false information about you, then report it. That's what I would say. And if you ever get into a situation where people are combating you and they're saying things that are not true, whatever, I mean, just keep short answers Don't fuel the fire as much as you can, and, you know, if you feel like you need to apologize for how they feel, maybe not for your actions, but how they feel, if that helps appease the situation, that's what I did. I wasn't sorry for what I said or what I did because it's my opinion and I'm entitled to it, but because I had a differing opinion, he was totally bad-mouthing me and bashing me and it was just awful. So anyway, there are Facebook standards, there are community standards for a reason, And I happy to say that I went back and his, (laughs) all of his stuff was blocked and banned. So clearly I did nothing wrong in that case. And I think maybe the only thing that I did wrong is I stop. I didn't stop soon enough and didn't get banned fast enough, but I just needed to set the record straight because he was saying incorrect, defamatory things about me. So I needed to at least set the record straight. So there was that. Anyway, those are some things, my thoughts for the marketing essentials moments. If you ever get into a situation where people are talking poorly about you and it's not true, or, you know, if there's something that you can listen and glean from, maybe it's an upset customer, or um, maybe there's something that's happening with your product or service that you could use this feedback because feedback is a gift. And, you know, if you can use that to your advantage, great, do that. But if it's something like this where it was just blatant, awful, (laughs) then feel free to block those people, those internet trolls that uh, just feed off of people who want to play into that. So just stop and don't worry about it. And just trust your instincts. Don't take the jabs. Don't, don't take the criticism They're just doing it as a form of attention seeking or making them feel better about themselves. Maybe they're jealous. I don't know. I don't pretend to know where they're coming from or why, even if I'm trying to ask clarifying questions. Anyway, that's what I can tell you for today. But I am super excited for this interview for uh, what you get to learn from Ryan coming up. And I hope that you'll take a listen to this and share it with others that need to know what he has to share about Amazon selling. You're in for a treat if you've never thought about it or if you are inside of Amazon selling. He's got lots of good nuggets for you to think about uh, as you go through this process. And we talk a lot about marketing and entrepreneurship and just a number of things. So enjoy and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hello, welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm Ray Allen. I'm your president, CEO of Peppershock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest, I have Ryan Flanagan with me. Welcome, Ryan.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, Ray.
2: Let's just start off, um, share with our audience a little bit about you, kind of your background, where you came from, uh, and then how you got into being the CEO of Nuanced Media. You've been around for a while, so just take us a step back and then take us forward.
0: (laughs) Sure. So, you know, I started way back in 2010, uh, started Nuance Media way back then, had a company that kind of failed beforehand doing the social media game and those things, Uh, moved to uh, Arizona, started up Nuance Media as a website development company, did that for a number of years, did a lot of B2B lead generation, helped a company get acquired for 40 million plus doing that, built Arizona Tech Council's website, third largest tech council in the United States, and really wanted to change um, B2B lead gen, and Ray Allen, you probably get this too, um, B2B lead gen, sometimes it breaks the system. You come in and you start working at too many leads, can't handle all the prospects and those things, and we're kind of running into those issues. Um, So we had been working on e-commerce for a while, and in 2017, we helped a Client sell about $18 million on Amazon in about a month. It was a month to six weeks. We said, hey, there's something to this. Maybe we should start leaning into this a little bit more. Um, so since then, we've really just eat at eat all we've done is eat, breathe, and sleep e-commerce. Uh, we're an Amazon partner, ad partner, I've sold hundreds of millions online for our clients. We're really an Amazon first agency. Um, but then we also focus on Shopify design development and, and Google marketing around those things. Um, so that, that's kind of the long and short of it. I've been in BuzzFeed, feed, just got quoted by CNBC. Um, and, and really what we try to align to is win-win for our clients, um, make sure that we can help them look at the unit economics um, and do all those things so we can really help them scale and, and have a great relationship. That's
2: awesome. And congratulations on getting quoted in all the wonderful places. Good good publicity for your own agency, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: You know, I would say hashtag you know humble brag, but that would be lying, right? So that's <laughs> not the so humble brat, right? I, exactly. I love it. But yeah, we've been we've been very fortunate because we do good things for people. So that, that's that's little,
2: fantastic. Yeah. Well, let's dig into it because I mean, gosh, things have evolved so much over the years, and where we're going into the future now with. AR and VR and being able to buy online like we never could before. And think back, like for the people that you've helped over the years, I mean, what are some common things that you just need to know if you're going to become a really great Amazon reseller or seller, if you're going to do really good in the Amazon space, just give us some kind of basic overview of like, Think about these things before you do this, or maybe you are into it now and you're just not getting anywhere. Like, what are some things that you would suggest to people that are either into it or maybe not so great at it yet or thinking about getting into it?
0: Right. Okay. So unfortunately, and we live in the marketing world, so we understand that there's a lot of snake oil salespeople out there, right? And- (laughs) Seven years ago, five years ago, you could throw up a listing pretty easily. And honestly, people made millions doing that, um, particularly around COVID. If you were doing uh, 3PL shipping, meaning you're shipping from your own warehouse and you weren't using FBA because Amazon basically stopped everybody sending to FBA. There's people that made millions of dollars if they had their logistics set up appropriately. In today's day and age, if you're looking to launch on Amazon, um the first thing I would look at is budget appropriately for product family launch you're looking at um i would budget 30 to 50 thousand dollars with listing optimization ad spend those type of things anybody who's pitching you five know, hundred 500 is going to give you a, a guaranteed 500 dollars <laughs> box of and I'll, I'll just let you fill in that last word yep, there yep. <laughs> um, that's really not going to get you anywhere um and then so budget appropriately for it and that's kind of with any category, but a lot of that you had to just do on ad spend. Um, but the other side of that is know your unit economics. So Amazon takes
1: 15%
0: for majority of their catalogs. It can vary based on your catalog and price point. And then you have to give free shipping if you're going to be competitive, right? So right. if you look at that and your COGS, you want to be at 30% plus margin after Amazon takes all that, right? Mm-hmm. And this is before your ad spend. Right. So you you really have to look at these things. And now once you have a well-oiled machine on Amazon and selling, you know, we typically get anywhere between, you know, five percent, 20 percent tacos on that. And it's normally more around five, but that is tacos are total advertising cost of sale. So in layman's terms, that is you spend one dollar on the platform, you make one dollar in sales based on that advertising, that would be a cost, right? What are typical Mm -hmm. ROAS that we think about in digital market. But on Amazon, because the more you sell, the higher you rank organically, you wanna take the organic sales into that as well. Mm -hmm. So there's three more sales from that. So you spent $1, you sold four units for $1, that'd be a four ROAS or total ROAS or a 25% tacos, right? But the nice thing about this is you can say, hey, I wanna spend, 5% of my margin on advertising once we're up. And then if you have a 30% margin, then you're taking home 25%. If you're in a more of a competitive category, that could be 10%, those type of things, right? So really knowing the unit economics and those things are really important to understand. Because Mm -hmm. unfortunately, a lot of agencies and a lot of individuals talk about millions of dollars. Right. But you can sell a million dollars and it costs you $2 million to do that.
1: It's right? not going um, so really
0: uh, to be
2: like... a lucrative uh, return. Yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. right. So, so you need to know what that is. Anytime you're launching a new listing, there's a setup fee. There's, I, I make this akin to uh, opening up a restaurant when you're building out the infrastructure for the restaurant, that's what will cost you the most money. And once the restaurant's up and going, then you don't have to pay the contractors and all those things. So just know those type of things. But before you know, you open up your restaurant or your listing, look around the neighborhood, see who, who's in there, what part of town you're in, is there a walk-by traffic? Are you next to five McDonald's and you're trying to sell $50 steak and no one's gonna come there because you're in the wrong part of town. Like there's just things that you wanna assess. Okay? Uh, take that analogy to its bitter bitter end, because I think it's yeah. a bad analogy.
2: <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's good, It's good. Uh, well, if uh, we, uh, we yeah. take it a step further back and just make sure that the blueprint is what it needs to be, you know, that it's all, the architecture <laughs> is uh, laid out the way you want it. And I had to take it a little bit further. There you go. <laughs> no,
0: yeah, 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 no, no, I love it. I love it, I love it. But, you know, so there's that part if you're launching new, and then there's the other side is, if you're an existing seller and we primarily work with sellers making over a million dollars a year on Amazon at least 500,000 and up although we do help people launch but we're really uh we have a pretty bar for whoever we help launch because we have to set those expectations cuz yeah. i i like to sleep at night and i like to <laughs> make sure that everybody knows where they're going on this thing right yeah. i don't want to i don't want you looking at me funny or my team funny after 6 months so if we understand this is a $30,000 investment and including ads and all those type of things, and six months down the line it's not working out, then that's a good place to be because at least we knew that from the start. If you think it's gonna be a $5,000 investment and six months down the road you've spent $30,000, well then that's a different conversation. Totally. With what I was originally kind of getting at though is with existing sellers, we're really finding out that there's a lot of opportunity and road there with what we're terming growth-driven advertising on Amazon. Um, to use an analogy, you're going to hear that I speak in analogies a lot, right? Oh, um, it's like um, people on Amazon primarily are training Amazon, like working out in the 80s, um, you know, I'll, to date myself, right? Um, that <laughs> is go to the gym and eat pizza afterwards and not realize why you're not losing weight, right? It's as long holistic. as you got the leg warmers, so
2: you're going to look cute. <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, that, that's exactly it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, but the side of this is, How well optimized is your listing? Are what keywords are you marking on? Do you have the right keywords in your copy? Are you split testing? Are you driving outside traffic? Are you doing all these things to how working out in you know 2020 plus is is supplements, diet, workout, stretching, all these other components? And that's where Amazon marketing is really evolving compared to just going to the gym and just running the paper per campaigns is taking a universal look at your hero listings and trying to really multiply the success of those.
2: Okay, let's talk a little bit about hero listings. What do you mean by that?
0: So on Amazon, so like it's kind of fun looking at the progression of retail in general, right? So right. it used to be that you'd have these stores and there are still stores out there that would be kind of the Sears and you'd have everything you'd have a huge catalog that you're selling and a variety of things right like that and what we found on Amazon is the big brands of the world would slowly start getting picked out off by people who were focusing on really one pro- product family doing a listing doing videos spending the ad spends doing these type of things and really going for that
2: they became and the superheroes that, not just the heroes they were the superheroes, they were the superheroes.
0: <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, so, what we see on Amazon, and it gets a little crazy, but like you will see what we like to call the Parado principle on steroids. The Parado principle being 20% makes 80% of your sales. While on Amazon, we'll see that 5% of your catalog makes 95% of your sales.
1: Wow. I've
0: seen one listing making $500,000 a day. Wow. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so you have to think outside the box because there is. Ranking velocity and these other type of things, Amazon's 49% of product search in the United States, right? 49% of people are going to Amazon to start their product search. Mm -hmm. So if you're number one for black t-shirt, you are going to make a ton of money on those type of things. And maybe you shouldn't be focusing all your time and effort on rainbow t-shirt as well. Maybe you should be focusing your time on refining that black t-shirt listing, the pay-per-click and all that type of stuff because that's going to be, be really your money maker.
2: Well, and even now I, I will search something and maybe I'm not on Amazon for whatever reason, I must have some sort of plugin where Amazon will pop up and say, you can get this on Amazon for $6 cheaper. <laughs> like, it's infiltrating everything and everywhere. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it is most definitely. And that's and that's the thing. And you have to understand if you're an established brand and you're selling, like, how does Amazon play into the larger customer journey? Right? Because we work with premium product, products that are not the uh, least expensive all the time on Amazon. And, and the typical Amazon consumer is very price elastic, meaning that if something's $5 less expensive, if it has similar reviews, then it will go buy from that $5 less expensive. So how do you win as a premium brand? Well, A, you're getting a lot of brand search, so you're going to win off of that. But B, that becomes kind of Amazon being part of the buyer journey when somebody may buy out of the brick-and-mortar location that they're looking at or on your website. Because it's the convenience factor that people are willing to pay. Well, but it's also the limity test of checking Amazon, right? Like if you're spending $50 plus and you're in Ace Hardware or Sears or even looking on a Facebook ad, right? You look at Amazon to see the reviews. Is this real or has it got... Under three and a half stars. If it has under three and a half stars, I'm not buying it, mm-hmm. right? If it's real, then I'm going to buy it since the channel that is initially looking at, right? So we see people using Amazon sometimes to purchase, but sometimes, quite frankly, in their product discovery and, and journey for litancy tests, and you'll right. see that all the time.
2: Well, I've seen that now too. You can go to the, you know, brick and mortar. And they may even have kind of the what we call the click, click and mortar online, and they've got an Amazon store set up. So if they don't have it in stock, then you can just QR code and then get to their Amazon store and just buy it from there.
0: Yep. And then Amazon's integrated in um, affiliate marketing for brands on this level. So if you refer to Amazon, you can get 8 to 10% back out of that referral fee, right? So Amazon's kind of making this move, even for established brands, being the hub overall. Because conversion rates on Amazon are significantly higher than the traditional website because you know the return policy, you're more comfortable with it, you have your payment already integrated, all these different things, right? So what Amazon's doing in the kind of bigger scheme of things is saying, everybody come do business here. If you refer us instead of going to your website, we'll give you 8 to 10% back. So that means our service fee or referral fee is only 5% on average.
2: Well, now right. I love their try before you buy, where you can get different sizes and then send it back. Don't have to pay for shipping if you're a Prime member, and then you can keep what works and then ship everything else back. And it's it's genius, because that's probably the number one reason why people don't always want to buy clothing online, is because it doesn't fit, or you can't send it back, or it's a hassle, and they've made it super easy, and it's just now going to be what I do. <laughs>
0: Well, it, it, I mean, the, the the other level of this is if you are thinking about selling t-shirts on Amazon, you should really work with an expert on that because apparel has like, it's like a 19 19% referral fee. And then the returns are super high, right. right? Because people do that and just return it all the time, right? And they may not even be in the pride before you buy program. Right. So you have to understand that if you're selling it, you get basically 20% that you're paying to Amazon, and you're probably going to get a five to ten percent return rate if you're lucky, right? And all and then you have to pay for shipping. So there's a ton of unit economics that go into there to make yeah. sure it makes anything for you as well.
2: Well, let's talk about that. What are some of the, I guess, most lucrative products or you know, what would what would you recommend that they have in their store that would be very lucrative to them?
0: So uh, you kind of want to look for indicators. So I like things with higher customer lifetime value, right? So like the supplement industry, we represent a whole bunch of supplement companies. But if you're trying to launch, that's basically come and gone, right? Yeah. Because supplements, um, you get a longer lifetime value. People typically buy them again for at least six months. So you make one twenty dollars sale and then you have a six-month level out there. So six times 20 on that purchase rate, you're really looking at $120. So if your customer acquisition is $30, you're okay with that, right? Because you're making 120 on the top and hopefully you're getting 30 plus percent margins, so on and so forth on that. Now, the the question is you wanna do that compared to something that is a one-off because then you have to get that customer every time. If you're going to plan in that area, there's some kind of indicators that you wanna look at is Mm -hmm. can I be price competitive after that and get the 30% margin? Are the other listings in the product that I'm looking at optimized or not? Do they have good photos? Do they have video? Do they have 2,000 reviews? Like those type of things, right? Mm -hmm. Or can I come in and there are listings with 2,000 reviews, but I can beat them on price? So Mm -hmm. another type of partner that we love working with are established manufacturers who've been typically selling the supplements to whoever to kind of go this way or the, mm-hmm. the car phone or whatever it may be right and then work with them to go on amazon because typically you can get a better margin highly target the people who are selling your product and do pretty well on that as well
2: ah, there you go so basically the things that can be reoccurring ongoing for a long period of time make the most sense and you're right i mean just basic marketing there really it's because then you're not having to spend as much to get new customers every single time and then your lifetime value and your customer acquisition cost goes way down because now you've dialed it in and you've got it figured out right
0: <laughs> yeah 100 and you know we, we get that elusive uh passive income going on when people just have you and subscribe and save and they're coming back every day
2: mm-hmm, right that's always nice make money while you sleep
0: <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. i've been doing that for- 14 years and I've been working there you go. I love it. I love
2: it. <laughs> I'm sure I don't need to throw a bunch of statistics and percentages at you for you to know that most of us spend too much time staring at screens. Being able to consume your content on the go means that your clients and customers can listen and learn from you without being tied to their desks. With Hello Audio, your customers can put their phones down, power off their PCs, close their MacBooks and get the information they need from you while they're, let's say, walking a dog, doing a jigsaw puzzle, washing the dishes, maybe when they're in the car or exercising on the treadmill, sunbathing in their garden. Well, Hello Audio makes it incredibly easy for you. No more hours spent trying to figure out tech settings or trying to make a square peg fit into a round hole. You can click publish on an audio feed in a matter of minutes and have control over who accesses what. So visit Peppershock.com slash offers and sign up for a free trial of Hello Audio. Let's back up a little bit. Tell me a little bit more just about you and your business and kind of the the, the brand story, if you will, of, of your business.
0: Sure. So I'm based in Arizona. We have a few employees in Arizona, but we have people throughout the United States and uh, globally as well, right? So we represent a number of sellers in other countries that are coming to the U.S. and then we help a ton of U.S. sellers and vendors. We work on the vendor side of Amazon as well uh, in the United States and overseas, right? So basically... You know, long story short, I found a nuance me with the goal of doing things better, having the real conversation and um, not being kind of sucked into this bait and switch type of thing that we've seen, unfortunately, from so many other people. Right. Um, and that's really why I found a nuance. I had a company that had failed and I lost a ton of money on and I didn't know what I was doing. And I was in grad school when I started it and, you know, all, all the, the trivial things. And I said, well, I'm never going to. I want to try to never do that to anybody else, right? So how can we set this up? How can we build? How can we have the conversation from the get-go and really look at the long-term success of this? And what I've found over the last 14 years or 13 years, excuse me, is, you know, if you set up expectations up front, then it's a lot easier to have the conversation. The real issue is when you have people coming in and painting a really pretty picture of everything. And then next thing you know, you're $100,000, $200,000 into a project and you have nothing to show for it, right? So how do we look at that? How do we look at those indicators? How do we do market analysis beforehand? And I know, uh, for example, you guys do a great marketing audit and those type of things. We do our equivalent of the Amazon action plan. Right. So with that, we go in and we if we're a new product, we look at the industry, we look at the market, we look at your unit economics, we see the top sellers. We can do projections. We do all those type of things and say, hey, what does this look like and what is it going to cost before we start executing on this and doing it well? Right. And if you're an existing customer um, on Amazon, then we do a free Amazon advertising checkup come in there, look at the audit, see how people are managing your pay-per-click. I don't look at your catalog, your best research on that. So like to give you an example, one of our clients is number one in their category and uh, one of their products uh, that they had had about 60,000 reviews on it. They had another one had 5,000 reviews, another one had 3,000 reviews and they're in separate product families. Well, the first thing we did was aggregate those into product family. And that means when you have them all in a product family, those reviews uh, add together, right? So we went from 60,000 to 68,000
2: nice. on that.
0: The products that are, you know, three and five started to sell like gangbusters because you had aggregated those reviews and you had a better collective strategy, right? right. So you want to look at where you are on your, if you're an existing seller, where you are in your catalog, who are your best sellers and focus on that. Um, and really help, help them build and grow from there. So there's a lot of strategies. That's the kind of, you know, the dietitian comes in, the gym is your pay-per-click, the dietitian comes in and says, well, what are you eating? A- and then the split testing and all those type of things is uh, your yoga instructor who's teaching you how to stress, stretch. Um, so you want to look at all those different types of in the workout analogy.
2: <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and choice of music is still up to you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Yeah. So that's really how we focused on growing and building. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's how do you provide good customer service? How do you advise people? And we're not the best fit for everybody. And when we're not the best fit, we have a referral network that we segue to to make sure that maybe they're a better place from here because we're we're not going to be it for everybody. We're going to do what we do better than anybody else in our capability um, and really focus on it that way.
2: Well, just like selling on Amazon, you gotta make sure you have your niche and you got it dialed in and figured out and then you can be the superhero brand. I like it. <laughs> okay, so who is your ideal client? Like what is the um, you know, if you if you had your ideal client walk through your proverbial door and they said, Okay, Ryan, I wanna spend, you know, X amount of dollars with you for X amount of time, you know, who is it that you truly like to work with the most?
0: Yeah, so established sellers or vendors making over a million dollars a year, that's our bread and butter. We can typically knock it out of the park like 98% of the time. Um just to give a quick example, we brought on that uh case I was talking about with the 68,000 reviews. We made them an additional $200,000 in their second month with us. By doing that, doing some other things and making some pretty big moves on them, right? For them. So existing sellers, we come in we knock out of the park. Um, a lot of our clients that we've onboarded and worked through this process with are in the top 25 of their category.
2: When you make that kind of money for people, do they share it with you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, we're,
0: we're not performance-based, we just do what we do. How we do it, to be very candid, is we have long-term relationships. And once you're in a long-term relationship, you're working on those type of things, it's more profitable for everybody. Because if I'm making you millions and millions of dollars, And that company, you know, they're over a $10 million account and we increased their sales by 40% this last year, right? So 40% increase doesn't sound like a lot when it's $10 to $14. But when you're talking about, you know, 8 million to 11 million, then then there's some numbers there, right? Um, But anyway, um, the second type of customers that we really like to work with are established brands that aren't on Amazon that really have that question of was a journey? Do we want to be on Amazon? I hate Amazon. Like there, there's all these different things, but Amazon's becoming as critical as it was for social media in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Remember that we had that yeah. whole thing, like companies going, well, should I be on Facebook? Should I be on Twitter? Should I not be? And then people would be out there talking about them all the time. But, but the, the thing is, you know, on Amazon, anybody can list your products. Right, So are you the one selling or is somebody going up there and selling your products? Or are people conquesting you? Are they searching for your brand and competitor ads are coming up there? Again, 48% of search. Mm -hmm. Somebody's like, well, can I go find this product somewhere else? And there's conquesting going on. Um, The second uh, kind of persona that we like to work in with that is also established manufacturers that have uh, considerable cost uh, savings or something like that. Because if we can go on there, we have a product track record of something doing well. And we can work directly with the manufacturers and build it out. Those two personas, we knock it out about 98% of the time. It's a longer haul. It takes a little longer because you're building infrastructure and you're basically setting up that restaurant we talked about before compared to the existing seller. We're coming in and we're tweaking the restaurant. Um, we're not doing the full remodel like we are when we're building the restaurant for the second one. Yeah, And then yeah. the third one are sellers looking to get on Amazon that want to do that. But with those, we really have to pre-qualify. This is a thirty to $50,000 engagement. You have to understand that there's risk involved. That doesn't happen overnight. Um, that we will be our partner in the long haul for it, but there is risk involved. Um, and we need to set that up. And, and we, what we do is anytime we do it, we just do it right. Um, And that's what I'm most passionate about, because it's real easy to throw up a listing for $2,000 with somebody overseas, but is it ever going to make a sale? Who knows? Maybe not. Uh,
2: What are some of the resources or tools that you care to share that our listeners could use to learn more, to up their game, Uh, you know, maybe there's some tech stacks that you would recommend, just things that uh, people that are maybe at the DIYers at this point, but then eventually need you and realize that they'll need your services. But what are some of those resources that you think people might need to know about?
0: Yeah, Helium 10 is really good. We've used Jungle Scout historically as well, uh, but Helium 10 is really where it's about. You get Keyword Scout, you get Cerebro, you get all these different things that you can do analysis and break it in and the premium membership's like a little over $100 a month. And you get all these tools. So you can do the product research. So Rayon, like when you're talking about, you know, what's the best product category or that, I don't know because it's changing every day. Any product that you're looking to list, you have to go and do your own research to identify if it's a good product category or not. Right. But Helium 10 will really enable you to do the vast majority of those things. And they've done a pretty good job with that overall. Nice.
2: Any other kind of resources or places you go to stay on top of information or just, you know, I don't know, blogs or articles or things that you care to share that way?
0: Yeah. So the, the one other tool, I, I just forgot this off the top of my head. Anybody who's with Nuance Media gets a free access as the account because we calculate down to profitability. That's another thing that people don't realize about Amazon is Amazon's really good at sneaking in a whole bunch of other fees, So you Mm -hmm. really need to calculate down to profitability and Amazon makes it a little bit difficult on seller to do that. But we use seller dashboard a lot on that and it will, you can put your cogs in there. You can do all those type of things and it will calculate down to your profitability. So you know, well, I sold a hundred thousand this month. How much did I actually take home? Right. Because that's the real number you want to be looking at after your cogs. Advertisement spend, referral fees, all that just, right?
2: All the extra stuff.
0: Yeah, all the extra stuff that, that you find, right? <laughs> so to be candid, like on our side, just because we work with so many different clients, one of our key sources for uh, finding out new things is what's organically coming up from Amazon and issues that we're having with our clients and diving mm-hmm. and tweaking and doing these type of things. The other side that we get with this is, we are an Amazon partner. So we work Mm -hmm. with Amazon, we probably meet with Amazon four to five times weekly on different things. So they really kind of guide us with, hey, here's the beta area, here's something you should be checking out now, here's some other things coming out. Um, And then I get about uh, 300 email solicitations on a daily basis with new softwares and things like that. Like (laughs) I'm sure we're all getting at this point. So I kind of filter through those. And if you are emailing me, I am marking you guys as spam. So just be aware.
2: Yeah, there's, there's a lot. I know. I, I, I tell my staff, if you really want to get hold of me, don't email me. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just inundated after having the same email address for 20 years. It just is too much. I need to put a filter on more, a heavier filter, but I hear you. (laughs) Okay. Let's see. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a similar career? Sure.
0: Um, yeah uh, ain't Totten. so i'm going to just kind of talk about being an entrepreneur in general compared to yeah
2: no right? i mean we we have listeners who are you know stepping into that role they're stepping or they're just about ready to graduate in may i mean we've got kind of a spectrum of people so um, yeah spill it, spill the tea spill it all out
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so specialization 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 right Um, And it took me 13 years to figure this out, and we're still specializing more on a daily basis. Um, But the years of being the journalist marketer, uh, working with yoga studios as well as uh, banks and Wells, everybody else, it's getting more and more difficult to be successful Mm -hmm. in those areas Mm -hmm. because it's choose one kind of path and really figure out how to do that better. Because the more you do that, And the more knowledge you have with that, the quicker and easier you can do it, and then you can pass that savings off to your customers, right, and and build out. When we look at the kind of buying tendencies in the U.S., is it's getting more to specialization, to specialization, to specialization, to specialization. And the old days of you go to one place to get everything isn't nearly as critical as it used to be so specialize in what you're doing and really focus on doing that better than anybody else and Mm -hmm. when you can't do something that somebody wants find that person for those people right because if you have a trusted partner who's a referral they will give you business back in turn as well as then you can really focus on servicing your client and hey i I know that you want a magento website we only do Shopify, but I can find you a partner or I have a partner that we've worked with before that I can segue over. And then when somebody comes to the Magento website and they're like, hey, I need somebody to help my clients on Amazon, then they hand it back. That way I'm not trying to do everything for everybody and ultimately failing because I'm trying to do everything for everybody, um, but really focused on doing what I do best and helping that customer and that partner have a successful relationship with another aspect of what they need to do.
2: Do you ever get in a situation where maybe um, two different clients want to sell the same product?
0: Yeah, yeah. What we do is on occasion, yes, but those are typically distinct enough. It's like a different color shoe. or They're like, there's variations on that. But if it is is like the exact same product, we will not take the the second version. I just ethically, I, I don't like to...
2: Yeah, no, I mean, because then you're competing against yourself, and you're like, you know, spite, you know, and then you end up, you know, the it's a sticky situation. I was just curious, just because you when you niche, niche, niche. There's also the the other side of the coin to where you can, you know, get so pigeonholed into one particular type of product or thing that you're doing that now competitors, you know, you have to be somewhat aware of that. Yeah, I hear you.
0: Well, and that depends on like what level you're looking at because. Like, is there a regionality to it, right? Like if you're doing yeah. counselors' websites, for example, you probably just have to worry about the city and then maybe you don't do anything more than the region. And typical person, a counselor goes within three miles of them. So you can have, depending on the size of the city, you can break it out that way, right? Um, and those are things. But with e-commerce, it does get a little bit more global on that level, if you will. Yeah, say.
2: Totally. So, for your own agency, what are some marketing tactics that you have taken over the years that have worked, seemingly worked pretty well? And maybe on the flip side, like why did I waste my money on that? <laughs>
0: yep, hundred percent. So we did a, like lead gen back in the day, and it we we get a lot of. Uh, we're pretty good in SEO. Always been good at SEO, and that's always been nice, right? Because we yeah. write a lot of blogs, we put a lot of leadership out there. We videos and podcasts, things, right? <laughs> we have videos yeah. and podcasts and all that type of stuff, and that's you know that's our main one of our main levels of going on, right? We have pay per click going on, those type of things, but um, and social media. But I'd say the one that hasn't been successful is the lead generation, the the cold call, the touch on that. Like so, for example. You know, uh, we were doing a lead generation campaign and we got Empire Records on the phone. We're like, great, this is going to be a great, Empire. We can help them, beautiful, great name. And and then they're like, oh, $2,000 a month. That's a lot of money, right? And you're looking at <laughs> okay. that, like, there's like $5 million saying here to you to take. And, uh, you know, that outbound solicitation ends up spinning the wheels a lot and not getting yeah. people who are looking for you directly. So what I've always kind of found is I focus on inbound, you know, people who have that pain, who need that help, who are doing those things, hit them at that level and then nurture and build them. It's kind of the, the HubSpot yeah. game book, playbook, if you will. Right. I was right, a, right, right. a bar back in the day for a while and mm-hmm. wrote a book on B2B marketing as well. So
1: <laughs> Very
2: good. No, that's great if that's the, the one thing that people could take away from this is to recognize and, and understand how this all works. <laughs> you know, how it works to, to think about when you are trying to market other businesses, getting other businesses to work with you. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of different tactics and ways to go about it, but there are ones that work way better than others, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> one more thing. What's one thing you wish you had known before you started all of this?
0: <laughs> uh, that's a good question. So one thing I wish I would have known before starting all of this, this, um, you know, that it, it takes a lot more time than you thought it would, right? Everybody talks about entrepreneurism and, you know, you're an overnight success and you find out that there's 13 years of work behind it, right? And <laughs> to build on that and those type of things and you know, system, system, system. So while you're building this, document everything, write it down because when you have employees, it's very natural that people are going to churn over a period of time. Particularly if you're an e-commerce marketing agency and e-commerce goes on a huge boon and then everybody goes from a certain level to six high six figure salaries overnight, right? (laughs) So you want to make sure that, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's part of the market and, and the capability with that. but. If you are using kind of a knowledge-based system that is knowledge-based system that's ask Bob, and then Bob isn't there anymore, then you got some issues, right? right. So that's part of niching down and systemizing is really be a stickler for the details of writing everything down, gain the system, gain the mm-hmm. process set up, because then if Bob leaves as Bob should leave on, you know, then yeah, they have point. the capability to do it, Right. Um, and that's really the thing is, you know, focus on that because you only can be in so many places and you want to like customer service for the people, right? Like you, you owe it to your partners that you're representing. Yeah.
2: And you have a consistent process that you're working on. And subsequently, it also helps build the valuation of your business. If you were ever to want to sell it later if you have everything documented and your processes down and they're dialed in and they're really good, that helps elevate the value of if somebody were to purchase your business. So it's really good advice to set the stage for, you know, down the road, right?
0: Because <laughs> they can, right? That's like, right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the problem with acquisition on that is. You know, if it takes you to run it, then you're never going anywhere. It's the same type of thing. Like if you're Bob, you're never leaving that job without making somebody feel bad unless you train your replacement or have documented everything, right? Like
2: exactly. Yep. Set the stage right? for the next level, next generation,
0: the next, uh, <laughs> it's how you get your promotion internally too, right? Like if you have everything documented for what you do, then as a CEO, I look for that internally. If people do that, I'm like, great. I'll put i'll put bob too in that position and i'll move you on up because you can go through a document and i'll pay you more
2: yeah well it's proof and performance if you can say you've done all of these things look at everything that i've done now i deserve a raise I, that's one thing a pet peeve i have when people come to me well i deserve a raise i've been here for a long time no your performance tells you whether or not you're going to get the raise because you need to do all of these things and if you can do all of these things and you can accelerate all these things then let's talk and yeah. then come show me that that's what you've done.
0: <laughs> I think it's called show me the money. I, I that's right.
2: That <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had me at hello.
0: Sorry. I love it. That's great. It's
2: <laughs> awesome. Well, Ryan, it's been such a pleasure to learn from you today. And I'm sure our audience would love to um, connect with you more. So uh, go ahead and share how people can reach out to you and, and uh, get more from you.
0: Sure, um a, a few things. Um if you're interested in growth driven advertising and learning more about that, split testing the process, yada yada, uh, you can go to our site if you go to exit intent once you're on nuance uh you can get the 2023 Strategy Guide, Amazon Strategy Guide. If you're an existing seller on Amazon and are interested in seeing if we can help, uh you can go to the that and you can go to our website and uh you can get a free analysis the free advertising uh, analysis on that action plan and then um, if you're reaching looking to reach out to me for some reason or another i don't know why but uh, <laughs> I, i'm just trying to be. i'm funny. sure i'm falling horribly on my face right now uh you can reach me on linkedin is probably the best level uh i also have a contact form through the website too
2: It's Ryan Flanagan. Yeah. And we'll put those, we'll put them in the show notes and everything too. I am on
0: Twitter as well. I just don't play on Twitter as much.
2: Yeah. I mean, not much. It's more. I don't know. It's been a while. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so very much, Ryan, for joining me today and have to follow and and learn and continue to see how we can connect in other ways because I don't do Amazon selling. So (laughs) I love it when I get to meet people that we can rely on and use as referral partners and, and do the things that we do. The most we've done is book trailers for authors who want to uh, sell their their books on Amazon. So yeah. that's what we know. That's about the part and piece that we do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we should talk yep. for sure. Thank you again, Ray Allen. I really appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. And for those of you listening, the best thing that you could do for Ryan and I is to share this with others that you know need to hear what Ryan had to say today. And of course, giving us a review is like gold. So please do that. And until next time, everybody, enjoy your marketing journey.
1: Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Wanna continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising?